This is the Herald Express, Devon Live, Talker United Yellow Army podcast, recorded weekly by David Thomas and Guy Henderson. You can find this podcast by clicking devonlive.com or by following us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash DL or on Twitter at TQHE Sport. You can also subscribe, search for Talker United on iTunes. You'll find us there as well. Here we go then, and welcome to the podcast of champions. How long have we been waiting to say that? A um, hundred and <laughs> however many years it is. It's been a while. We have much to discuss. We've all been discussing with people ever since the weekend what a great time this is to be a Torquay fan. At long last. Thanks to the club and the players for a great season. Yeah, uh, and and my first thought, with, with and I'm not the only one, of course, is... For the supporters who have been at home, definitely, yeah. who have still turned up in the sort of numbers that has continues to make the club a, hopefully a going concern in the future. But yeah. also the group of fans who I know very well, and most of them will know who I'm talking about, who have been on the supporters' travel club coach uh, to places like Fylde and Barrow... Yeah, and Halifax and uh, uh, all those places over the last few years, um, losing most of the time, uh, worrying more and more all the time about whether we were going to stay up in a division rather than actually winning promotion. And um, uh, for them, uh, you know, this, well, I know how how much pleasure they're getting out of this. And, yeah, they've, um, they've absolutely paid their dues over <laughs> the last few seasons. You're telling they? me. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, and it's very much for them, isn't it? Um, we've got a lot to talk about here on the podcast. We'll be talking about um, what's come up this morning in Gary Johnson's press conference. We'll be talking about that presentation evening, which is planned at the Riviera Centre. Plenty on that to come. And you know, also, you had a chat with Clark Osborne this week, so we'll have a chat about that as well. Yep. And there's quiz ball. We promised you quiz ball at Easter. It's back. We did it at Christmas. <laughs> and people said, yeah, yeah, do it again. So we said, OK, we'll do it at Easter. Not thinking we'd have quite so much to cram into this week's podcast. But uh, we'll be doing, we'll be playing quiz ball shortly. So sharpen up your Talker United knowledge. First let's of crack all, on. let's crack on. The press conference has just happened. You're, you're hot foot from uh, Gary Johnson's press conference this yep. Monday. Um Quite a lot to talk about. You've been talking about um, the squad, building the squad through the summer for the next campaign. Well, I think we're all, uh, uh, quite a lot of our thoughts um, beyond Monday's finale, and that, even though there's St Albans away still to come, uh, I think um, the Hungerford game on Monday, we're all you know, looking forward to that yeah. final home game of the season. But quite a lot of thoughts are already turning to, uh, um, did an interview with Asa Hall this week, and Gary... Johnson has already touched on, you know, making a fist of this and having a go to see if they can get in the promotion. Uh, wouldn't that be an amazing thing if you could get back-to-back promotions? Incredible, um, yeah. Uh, all the way through into the league. Um, but uh, Gary Johnson was talking this morning about uh, his thoughts for next year. Uh, and he two interesting things emerged. First of all, the size of the squad that yeah. he envisages having. And, of course... Uh, I think it's worth stressing at this point that United have, have received a bit of flack. Not flack, it's just the general kind of, oh, well, they're full-time, they're the biggest club with the biggest budget in this division, they should be winning it. Um, okay, 
But yeah. Torquay yeah. United have not had the biggest budget in the National League South this season. No, uh, um, a couple of the uh, Southeastern uh, clubs have uh, beaten us to that, haven't Quite. they? Uh, if you look at the size of Woking squad, uh, it's 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 a third bigger than United's. And one of the reasons why I'm sure um, Clark Osborne and Riviera Stadium Limited and Gaming International are very pleased with Gary Johnson this season is not just the fact of <laughs> we've seen the results on the pitch, but the fact he's done it with a squad of barely 17 players, which if you include a 17-year-old uh, um, yeah. uh, academy striker, uh, he includes four players from Bristol City on loan. They are very good value for money indeed. Yeah. Um, etc. Yeah. etc. Et He's also managed to sign most of those players on contracts for next year. Uh, okay, they've been picking up win bonuses this season, and if now when they've won promotion. Uh, um, they may well be on a bit more money next year. Yeah. But basically, he's done it with a, a, a very good budget, a very uh, a tight budget. Yeah. Um, now, he was saying this morning that um, he's envisaging a squad going up from 17-ish to 21 or 22 next year yeah. for the National League. I don't think that will come as any great shock to people, but it's interesting to hear him saying that. And he also used the phrase that, that the, the recruitment hunt is now on for what he described as marquee players. Yeah. In other words, Peter Johnson, his brother, United's chief scout, head of recruitment, whatever title you want to give him, um, is, is now out and about and has been for some time looking... This is what he does, though, isn't he? He's yes, a specialist, looking, isn't he? Looking yeah. for the players that can help to make United competitive in the... National League next season. Now, you know, in other words, we're not looking for someone as a bit of competition in midfield, someone as a bit of competition at back. We're looking, at, presumably, yeah. they are they are looking, sorry, um, for players who can actually get in and kick off the start of next season as as yeah. significant players, which I thought was quite an interesting uh, um, thing to make clear. Well, I mean, a marquee signing means a name that you put over the door, doesn't it? I mean, that's you're looking at somebody... Presumably, you're looking at players that fans will have heard of, maybe f players that we've seen in action for other teams. Track records. Da -da 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 -da. Proven, proven players, That's aren't right. They? And, yeah. and in that, uh, um, uh, we were talking about budgets for next year, and he said, look, we don't work like that, and I don't like working like that, of, you know, all right, you've got this much money. He said he's got a relationship now. And funny enough, talking to Clark Osborne during the week, um, he was privately... Um, uh, although actually I think I've probably stuck it in at least one piece online he was very effusive about the relationship between Gary Johnson and George Edwards yeah. uh, the managing director he said obviously he isn't at the club all that often um, uh, and that's another issue altogether uh, he's at the club far more often during the week than people give him credit for but very seldom on Saturdays but he said obviously I, I as chairman was, was not able to fulfil the usual relationship between mm. chairman and manager which is the crucial one in any football club but George Edwards has upped his responsibilities so the key relationship at Playmore now is between Gary Johnson and George Edwards yeah. and what Gary was saying this morning was that in this recruitment process, he prefers, and this is what will be happening, that if all of a sudden they can get hold of somebody, and he did say, 
his phone was ringing on a regular basis and Pete's as well with players and agents elsewhere it's trying, good, isn't it? Try, yeah. try, trying desperately yeah. to sign up to play for Torquay United next Well, who season. wouldn't? Well, right. There you go. go. Yeah. Uh, which is, an, you know, okay, United are going up, why not? Yeah. Um, but I think it's more than that. I think everybody's perceived from the way this season has gone, the type of gates they're getting now, the, the away support, that this is a club worth playing yeah. for. And it was interesting when I did the piece with Asa Hall this week. Asa Hall's played for Oxford United, Shrewsbury, um, Birmingham City when he was a youngster, and I'm sure obviously Birmingham City is much bigger. But um, he's been very happy here in his first season. Yeah. He described it as the best club I've, I've been with. Um, and that sort of That's thing quite is, something. is yeah. quite, it's quite yeah. nice to hear. So, um, so when an United find a player who ticks all the boxes for Gary Johnson and Pete Johnson and they decide to go for him, I think how the process will work is that they'll find out how much they he wants, yeah. What they can get him for, da -da 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 -da. and then Gary Johnson goes into to George Edward and says, "Right, yup, we want him. We like him. He wants to come. This is what he wants. How can we find a way of doing it?" And yeah. I think that's the way it would work, rather than Gary Johnson being given a X thousands of pounds a week budget, and you know having to stick with that. I'm yeah. sure there is a, a limit in George Edwards and Clark Oswald's mind as to how much they can afford, but. But Gary, uh, Gary Johnson is very—he's realistic, isn't he? He's, a realistic, yeah, yeah. be very experienced, yeah. and I'm sure Gary Johnson has a rough idea of what sort of wage structure uh, he wants. You know, who are his top earners, who are his, yeah, etc., etc., etc. He's been doing it for donkey's years, for goodness' sake. So, um, so that was quite interesting just to hear him, yeah, sort of laying out the the uh, the plan of action for the next few weeks and months. He did say several months ago that the last thing he wanted to do was spend his summer signing a, a whole new football team for next year. Yeah. And of course, he's already signed up 11 for, uh, of the current squad. Um, uh, the only one at the moment, although I must say, either I missed a trick here or something, he did mention that Jamie Sandals-White centre-back hasn't actually uh, signed a new deal right. next week, uh, next year for next year. Uh, I, I think that's ongoing, um, and he may well sign. But um, Jamie Sanders White, uh, Gary was saying that he's had one or two yeah. injury issues this season, and and I think even for both parties, they just want to satisfy themselves that he's he's uh, fine and okay. I think they're mainly niggling injuries rather than serious ones. In fact, I know they are. But yeah. Um, uh, but anyway, uh, basically, he's he's got a football team signed up already. Now we're looking at. Uh, topping that up, yeah, um, and and I've just gone and used the phrase which I shouldn't have done. It's it's not topping it up. It's actually sticking some of the icing on on, yeah. on what's already quite a good cake. So um, yeah, that was quite interesting to hear him laying out the plan of action. Good stuff. Quiz ball. We're going to break off and do the first of the quiz ball sections now. Now, if you're not familiar with this, this is this is Dave and I paying homage to a great old TV quiz show from the 1960s which you can still find on YouTube. It was called Quiz Ball, and you had the option to score a goal by going Route 3, Route 2, or Route 1, which is the phrase that stays in football to this day. Route 3, you had three slightly easier questions. Route 2, you had two medium questions. And Route 1, you had one stinker to get you goal. So that's how we're going to play it today. We did. If you did this at Christmas, you won't need this explaining, but if you're new to it, in a moment, I'm going to give you three questions, all of which you have to get right. 
to score the goal. Now, the setup is this. We're playing Woking in the playoff final at Woking, at Kingfield, at Woking. And somehow, goodness knows how it's happened, Ben Gehring has put Woking in front, rising like a migrating salmon at the far post <laughs> to head home across and put Woking 1-0 up. So you, listeners... You have to get the equaliser. This has nothing to do with what happened at Kingfield a fortnight ago. <laughs> Whatsoever. The league haven't ordered us to, ordered us to replay that game. <laughs> so you have three questions. You need to get all three of these questions right to score the equaliser. What we'll do is we'll give you the questions, then we'll invite you to pause your podcast while you think about your answers, then we'll give you your answers. So here we go. All of the answers to the quiz ball this week are former winners of Talking United's Player of the Year trophy, which we'll come on to later in the podcast. Okay, so every answer will be a former Player of the Year. Here we go. Question one of three. I was a fullback and I was Player of the Year in 1987. I was born in Bells Hill, Scotland in 1964 and joined the Gulls from Hartlepool in 1985. I played 237 games in two spells at Plainmore and also played for York, Exeter, Weymouth, Tinmouth, Taunton, Biddeford, Stoke, Gabriel and Bubby Tracy. I played in the crew game when Bryn the police dog bit Jim McNichol and you can see me briefly in the Netflix documentary Losers. That's a long question, isn't it? But the one answer you need to give us there. Question two. I was Talking United's Player of the Year in 2007, 2010 and again in 2012, playing in midfield and wearing the captain's armband. After joining from Oxford United, I played 389 games in eight years at Plainmore before moving on to Bristol Rovers, where I am now a member of the coaching staff. And your third question, I was a striker and I was player of the year in 2005. I scored 14 goals in 37 games for Torquay, then went on to play for Swansea, Millwall, Northampton, Gillingham, AFC Wimbledon and Wickham. In the FIFA console game, I'm the strongest player in the world, according to their ratings, and I have a clothing label of my own called Beast Mode On. So those three players you need to name, I suggest you hit the pause button about now so that you can consider your answers. Okay, I reckon you've pressed the start button again now, so I'll give you the answers to the first of the quiz balls. Uh, The first player, player of the year in 1987 was Tom Kelly. Player of the year in 2007, 2010 and 2012 was Lee Mansell, and Player of the Year in 2005 was Adi Akinfenwa. So if you've got all three of those right, congratulations, you have equalised for Torquay United in this playoff final. Phew, we're back in it. There will be more. We'll be back a little bit later on with more quiz ball. Moving on with the podcast then, David. Um, I think it's fair to say there's a bit of a furore on uh, social media today because Torquay announced plans overnight for a, a big presentation evening, May the 1st, Riviera Centre. Uh, according to the Torquay uh, United announcement, that's when the Player of the Year would be announced along with Young Player of the Year. The trophies would be handed out. Uh, a three-course slap-up meal and music from Harbour, who were very, very good. seen them a couple of times. Uh, the tickets... £65 for a VIP ticket, which I gather have all sold out already, done well on that. £40 for a standard ticket to go in and and see the presentation. Uh, If you've been on social media today, I think it's fair to say that a lot of fans have not been best pleased by this. Uh, The response has not been great. 
although selling the VIP tickets indicates that, um, that, that some people have bought into it. What do we think? I, I'll put it out there. I don't think it's a very good idea. I like to have the presentation at the last game of the season. I like to vote at the penultimate game. I like to fill in my little bit of paper and the presentation goes to, I mean, all these players that we've named have picked up their trophies before, during or after the last game of the season on the pitch so that the fans can salute them. The fans who've been there all the way through the season can salute them. So I'll, I'll put it out there. Chalky United have done very little wrong for me this season, but I think the presentation evening at Riviera Centre is not a good idea. Uh, I think the the, um, the the response on social media today, I think we're all well aware of, of that. It's uh, uh, And all I would say on this subject is that the club are well aware mm-hmm. of the way uh, this, you know, the way this has been received, um, and uh, we await developments. Okay. I think that's as, as as strongly as I can put it. I, I, I hear exactly what you what you're saying, and uh, um, I sympathise with that. This, you know, we're both old fogey traditionalists, we are, aren't we? Here, yeah. um, uh, congratulations on using the word fogey when others would have done. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that there's. Watch this space yeah. on on that score. Um, it, it's there's a lot else going on on Monday mm-hmm. uh, at the last game, um, but um, I think there may well be some sort of announcement, okay. further announcement yeah. um, on this subject in the next day or so. A, a presentation evening in itself, a celebration oh. evening in itself, is a terrific idea. Absolutely, because I mean, previously we've had the open top bus around the town after Wembley. I remember that. I remember yeah. Wes Saunders very nearly dropping the trophy off yeah, the top yeah. of the bus. And after Leroy, after Leroy, yeah. seniors promotion win. Wasn't there one evening when somebody went around the town in the um, the, the land train? Don't I remember the land train getting stuck on the roundabout up at Barton or something? <laughs> oh, I don't remember I think, that. I, that didn't um, go very well. But And uh, a couple of years ago, well, a couple, oh dear, dear, Martin Ling's playoff team. There yeah. was a terrific do down at the Grosvenor Hotel, I think it was. Um, uh, packed out uh, when United actually didn't win automatic progress. They went into the playoffs and then lost to Cheltenham in the playoffs. Um, no, end of season do uh, absolutely. Uh, these are always slightly difficult because if you have a miserable season, either in the bottom half of the table, you get relegated. It's very difficult to sell a, an end of season yeah. uh, do. Yeah. But basically, an excellent idea. Uh, lots of things can happen there. Lots of presentations can be made. Um, and you're quite right, as I understand things, tickets are already going very yeah. well for that. But I don't think the vast majority of the people who would go to an end of season do and look forward to it and thoroughly enjoy it um, would have any uh, objection um, to um, some sort of player of the year yeah. you know, announcement, whatever, at the, at the last match. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, um, it's it's something that the club are well aware of. Yeah. Uh, and um, uh, we'll we'll await further developments. Isn't it good, as you say there, that we've actually had a season where there are things to celebrate? Yeah. There are. I mean, the the top scorer um, trophy, the, the boot for the top scorer. Yeah. It's gone to somebody with five or six goals before, now, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Didn't didn't Jordan Chapel win it one year and scored scored about five? Yeah. I think. Yeah. And yeah. Then, so uh, at least no, and, and we yeah. we have a we have a centre forward, a striker, uh, with thirty one to his name. Uh, uh, so far, he's so still far. got three games to go. 
come on, Reedy, fuck your ideas. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Robin Stubbs, who, who, who is next ahead of him with yeah. 39 one season, is looking over, your, over his shoulder, Jamie. You've got... Uh, Eight goals uh, in three games. <laughs> well, uh, we'll see. Let's um, see but, how that goes. Uh, now, you had a chat with Clark Osborne this week as well, yeah, which yeah. was very interesting. He said some interesting things about the role that um, the football club has in the regeneration of Torbay as a whole, didn't Well, he? he's obviously, uh, I mean, in fairness to, to Clark Osborne, uh, uh, he, he is his prime thing at the moment is he's obviously just very happy that things have yeah. turned around both on the pitch and to a large extent off it as well. Um, and he was very keen to, to say all that and quite right too. But I did obviously... Um, being an inquisitive so and so, I, I I did say now come on, what's the latest on you know yeah. the new stadium plans and 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 of course I think the vast majority of United fans are probably aware that those talks both about the future playing more and the quotes Nightingale Park uh, yeah. um, uh, project uh, have been put on hold until after next month's local elections. Uh, enough councillors voted against the idea in principle a few months ago. Um, uh, now whether the, the council will look a little bit different after the May elections and then they'll sit down and say look hold on a minute is this still a possibility or not I don't know but in, in the wake of that um, you know he was saying look he still thinks that um, a project like that yeah. with an upwardly mobile football club pulling in good gates um, can off the back of a project like this help to those yeah. in his words regenerate an area and he was saying there are plenty of uh, examples and i've no doubt he's on a massively bigger scale he's thinking of manchester city um who have been almost single-handedly responsible for regenerating not yeah. completely them of course not the whole of east manchester has benefited hugely from the various projects that they've done now nobody's trying to no, <laughs> talk United with what's going Walk on with, we run. with the Mansour yeah. families, <laughs> billions at Manchester City. But um, I'm sure that's the type of thing he was referring to. But all of that's a long way down the line. Um, as things stand, um, uh, you know, the Nightingale Park project is whether it I, I, I never got the impression I never got the uh, a real firm impression from that you'd know more about this as somebody who's closer to the council than I am that that whether that was a binding vote I didn't I didn't get the feeling that it was it was almost like a well this was what we think of it at the moment vote um, I think it, it'll be it'll be difficult to overturn that vote right. I mean it, it's you know the vote was taken to preserve it as a public uh, public leisure space or public open space um, it, I mean, nothing's impossible, but it no. was, yeah, it was, it was a... Yes, it was a vote in principle yeah. against that. Yeah. Now, I, I don't, what, what, what Clark Osborne was basically saying is that, no, I haven't given up hope of, mm. of, get, of, of getting that project back off the ground. If it isn't there, then I think the council and the club still have another agreement in principle, and we have to keep that the council will work with the club to find somewhere else for them to go. Mm. Now, look, we, we, you and I have stressed this on the podcast in the in the past. Uh, you know, we are people who have been watching at Playmore since um, we were barely old enough to, re to reach a stanchion on the on the terraces, but um, and we have no great desire. Uh, to watch Talk no. United playing anywhere else. But the world does move on. Um, and uh, if it does help to move the club onto a, a, a better footing, 
uh, a more a different future. Yeah. Um, I think all of us traditionalists, we we sometimes ha- there's a danger of us, isn't there, of of being too locked into what we know and what we like. Yeah. Yes, fine, and and tradition and history and and nostalgia are all wonderful things, but uh, uh, if you stay there too long sometimes there's a chance that you end up missing the opportunity to actually move on now i I, you know we are talking about uh, um, in riviera stadium limited stroke gaming international an outside company who have come in and bought the club i'm sure they're not doing all this out of the goodness of their heart absolutely not but um if the club moves to a point in, in, in the same way that an awful lot of other football club owners have done the same things yeah. at their clubs. In other words, they're not doing it for brownie points and fresh air. Um, this is the way the world works uh, most of the time, um, and we'll have to see where where the, where this yeah. goes. Um, uh, yeah, it's it's the sixty four thousand dollar question, isn't it? At the moment, what happens with that project? Interesting. Um, and of course, what happens if absolutely nothing? happens mm. uh, um, uh, obviously the, the the latest balance sheet which was to the end of uh, last the end of last season June 2018 yeah. showed that United uh, that balance sheet showed that United lost 959,000 pounds last season in getting relegated to the National League South yeah. that is a stunning loss for it a is. club at this yeah. level and uh, it also showed that Riviera Stadium Limited uh, over the previous 18 months and we're now another year on and I'm sure the finances of the club are, are looking a bit healthier now but had put 1.42 million pounds yeah. into the club now that's an awful lot of money for anybody to owe to somebody else um, now I'm sure nobody in their right mind would literally throw those sort of loans at a club in Torquay United situation in that short a period of time so I'm yeah. sure that was part of a wider um, uh, you know strategy a, a, a wider plan um, if nighting if Nottingham Park if the new stadium complex and it, and by the way I think you and you and I sort of seen the plans or the outline plans yeah um, uh, and it doesn't just involve a stadium there's quite a lot of other stuff there's a lot there. of ancillary development around right. it isn't and there? of course yeah. there is housing there's yeah. residential housing yeah. and and of course quite a lot of uh, uh, gaming internationals projects have housing with them the Swindon stadium development has housing you know it that's obviously yeah. the way in which companies like that end up making sense of these things financially um, and you know who knows where that would end up going but uh, in, in I mean in terms of permission to yeah. build a project um, but if Torquay United Rivier Stadium Limited Gaming International Clark Osborne are absolutely not allowed in some shape or form to um, have a new Mm. stadium in Torquay. Uh, I have no doubt that there are other people around who are watching this with quite a lot of interest. Indeed. Um, Other local authorities. Other local authorities. Um, And we'll see uh, what happens. It's going to be a very interesting summer, I think, both obviously on the field with Gary Johnson building a squad for next year, and in the next round of talks yeah. between the club and the council on, on, on that future. Quiz ball. Let's go back. Let's give you your two questions now for your route two. Now, 
you equalised in the first part of the podcast, but incredibly, Gehring has gone up the other end and got another one. Woking now lead by two that. goals to Can't one. imagine that. This, this was a 30-yard curler from the edge of the box. <laughs> it may have been a lot of things, Guy, but it wasn't that. <laughs> Into the top corner, unreachable for, uh, for a human goalkeeper. So this is your. these are your two questions to score the equaliser. You must get both of these right to get the equaliser to make it 2-2 in this playoff final against Woking. Okay, both of these questions, uh, again... Medium difficulty. Medium difficulty, and they both concern former players of the year at Torquay United. Okay, the first one. I was on loan at Torquay when I was named Player of the Year in 2016. I played 44 games in defence and scored three goals while on loan from Port Vale. And manager Kevin Nicholson described me as a freak of nature. In 2017, I went back and became Port Vale's Player of the Year. And your second one, I was a centre-back and I was player of the year in 1972. I played for Aston Villa, Mansfield and Notts County as well as Torquay United. I also released several singles and albums as a country musician and recorded a song called Torquay United's War Cry in 1972. So those are your two questions. You've got to get both of those right to score the equaliser. I suggest you hit the pause button now. And you've just hit the play button again, so I'll tell you that the answers to those Route 2 questions, both of which you've got right to score the equaliser. Uh, the player of the year in 2016 was uh, Nathan Smudger-Smith. What a great lad. And the player of the year in 1972 was the great Dick Edwards. Who is still a huge Torquay fan. Still singing? Uh, uh, no, not no. He, he, uh, he, he wasn't in the best of health for quite a while. So um, he's knocked that on the head, but uh, uh, still in great form, still goes to watch Mansfield on a regular basis, lives in Mansfield. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, gra- he's never, ever stopped being a goal supporter ever since he played for us. Once a goal supporter, always a goal supporter. So your, uh, your chance to score one more goal for Torquay will it's come two up all, sure. a little bit later. And it's two all now. <laughs> you'll get the chance to score the winner a little bit later in the podcast. Now, uh, one of the things that you wrote about in the Herald Express this week, David, the, the mileage that we're going to be facing in the National League next season is quite <laughs> extraordinary, isn't it? It's Well, when you look at the National League now, it, it can't fail to uh, uh, strike you that the bottom four clubs who are all being relegated are all from the south. We're talking Braintree, yeah. uh, Maidstone... Uh, Haddenton, Waterlooville, and I'm not quite sure who the other one is. Um, so uh, uh, there's an Aldershot. Aldershot, oh, Aldershot, Aldershot town. What yeah. on earth has yeah. happened there? Um, I was looking uh, forward to going and having a pint in the Crimea next well, season exactly. as well. You know, tra- as big a travesty as the goals getting relegated Dreadful. last season. Dreadful. Um, uh, but you look at the National League, uh, you also look at the two teams who might well come down. I think, with all due respect to Yeovil Town, all Gulls fans are hoping. Yeah. <laughs> we, we don't wish ill on anybody, but uh, um, uh, they're hoping that Yeovil Town come down. Apart from anything else, that will sort Christmas, Boxing yeah. Day and New yeah. Year's Day out. Uh, but you've got Macclesfield and Notts County are the other two clubs that look mm. like they could get relegated from League Two. Uh, from the um, National League North... Well, that almost speaks for itself. Spennymoor, 
very good luck to you lads but uh, if you wouldn't mind not being promoted uh, <laughs> this season uh, you've got Stockport and Chorley who by the way yeah. meet at Chorley on Saturday that's Do almost they? a title yeah. decider in, in, in that game in that division um, altering ever there or thereabouts um, playoff contention yeah. um, so uh, okay and Bradford Park Avenue Bradford Park as well. Avenue yeah. exactly and then of course you throw in the clubs that are already in the National League we don't know who's going up yet but Fylde and or Wrexham, I think, could yeah. end up in the playoffs. You've then got Barrow, lovely, Gateshead, gorgeous, uh, <laughs> uh, Halifax, yeah. um, Harrogate Town, very Hart nice place. Hartlepool. Hartlepool. I'm cheating here. I'm reading your piece of paper and you can't <laughs> um, see it. Uh, the top and bottom is there's a fair bit of travelling involved yeah. in that. But do we care? Absolutely not. No, we do uh, not. Uh, the Talk United Travel Club are already rubbing their hands in glee. There's plenty of good pubs up there, um, and uh, it's not. It's it's nearly all territory that they've done before and know very well. Uh, and uh, I was chatting to a couple of friends up at Gateshead uh, um, this week, and they said they can't wait for Torquay to come up to Gateshead. Said so always one of the best away teams yeah. there, um, and uh, yeah, so. Bring it on. Bring it on. Plenty of miles on the uh, the M6 and the M5. and oh. Of course, but, you, you have to factor in that, that uh, I, purely from a logistics point of view, you'd far rather go to Solihull Moors, Kidderminster or even Macclesfield. Yeah. Uh, um, Dover is a nightmare to get to. Uh, Ebbsfleet isn't much better. Yeah, Concord as well. Uh, well, Concord, but yeah. and, and then you know you, you it's, yeah. it's it's a it's a you know if we have to go to Chelmsford again, well, so be it. Um, but those places often all around the M25 are just as problematic as getting to Macclesfield or Stockport. But uh, there you go. It's a good problem to have. Isn't it, it is. We're in it a is, league above. Is. Yeah. Um, we spoke last week about uh, some damage out at the training ground out at Seal Haney. You went and yeah, had a look at that. I just popped in uh, yesterday just to have a look because I hadn't had a chance to, to see it. Uh, um, some travellers uh, um, spent a day and a night out there um, last midweek. Uh, luck fortunately, they were moved on fairly quickly uh, by police. And I, and, uh, I think the really disappointing look, you know, you, 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 none of us want to go down the road of being too draconian no. here but the fact that they appear well they don't appear to have I've seen it for myself uh, there's two large uh, uh, sets of, of vehicle tyres that yeah. have been driven in a large circles on the edge of both penalty areas on the best pitch uh, the best pitch out there and it just seemed why would you do that well it, you know, it's one thing to sort of drive onto somewhere and yeah. park up for the night you know it's another thing to actually drive across the middle of what is clearly a, a proper football training pitch with yeah. goals and dugouts etc 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 now thankfully uh, the damage has settled down a little bit um, uh, given a week and it's fairly nice growing yeah. weather uh, it's still and it's the end of the season well least, it is it's still yeah. very evident that it's yeah. there um, but Julian Goulthorpe um, uh, and his staff are, have been working on it. Uh, and I dare say you could possibly hold a training session out there sometime next week if you really needed to. Um, but it was uh, so disappointing to yeah, see that. Yeah. You know, uh, um, it's, it just seemed so unnecessary on top of actually driving onto the thing in the first place. But um, there you go. Yeah. So we've got over half an hour into the podcast of oh, champions this week, um, yeah. without mentioning last week's game or next week's games at East, all. Eastbourne. So let's talk about the Eastbourne game. I mean, 
it wasn't a great game, was it? Let's be honest. The, the occasion kind of got to them a little bit, I think. Um, I think every single team that comes to talk uh, that has come to talk United this season, within reason, has turned it on yeah. in some shape or form to, to, to a greater or lesser extent. Um, and it's interesting, isn't it, that, that Wheelstone, who, who played United recently, and we were all really impressed with Wheelstone. Yeah. They played their hearts out that afternoon. Um, uh, Dartford uh, uh, tried very hard, even though we talking about I beat them with, with 10 men. And they both suffered incorrigibly poor results recently yeah, in the wake of, 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 of those games. Dartford, I think, have lost to, is it Western Supermare and Truro in successive matches? Um, Wilson have dropped out of the playoffs then. I mean, I'm surprised they, 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 about that. Exactly. You thought they were the team that well, were going to we come did, in at the last we? minute. We thought, yeah. wow, watch this lot. This yeah. could keep, yeah. These could keep going. Um, and Eastbourne Borough uh, in big trouble. They've now gone 14 games without a win, only one point above the relegation zone. Um, they came on Saturday to get stuck in, yeah. work very hard against United, and big crowd in at Plainmore, promotion to be clinched, uh, Woking lose, we win, we're up, blah, 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 blah. And Gary Johnson was the very, very quick afterwards to say, we've played a lot better than that, yeah. uh, to, to, to admit it, what everybody had seen. Um, and obviously he'd hoped that in the last three games United would be able to play a bit more football than they did. Um, I think the pitch was a bit bobbly, um, but so it's the time of year, isn't it? And that's it absolutely yeah. no, no criticism at all of the ground staff who, who have had to cope with all sorts this year. But um, United just had to, were made to work quite hard for it, put it like that. Um, but the the clinching second goal by um, by Jake Andrews it took it well, uh, didn't he? If you uh, oh, look absolutely. at it back on the and video, it was a good move as yes, well. It was, it was a good move yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, Liam Davis down the left hand side into Seiko Jane, and his shot just was deflected into the path of um, Jake Andrews, who roofed it. I think is the right, yeah. right phrase from about six seven yards out, uh, and that sparked off. Uh, it, it was it was a good roar when that went in. It was, um, yeah. and everybody knew then that the job was effectively yeah. done. And uh, it was a wonderful atmosphere, uh, great crowd, four thousand five hundred plus. Yeah. Um, obviously, all but forty nine, I think. Yeah. And, uh, United fans. That's how many Eastbourne brought. What, um, is, what is it with us and penalties, though? Well, of, of yeah. late. And actually, if you look at it, it wasn't great. It wasn't a great um, penalty. It was, no. it was almost Sergio Aguero bad. <laughs> <laughs> and we are talking about <laughs> probably the best striker we've seen yeah. in the Premier League for donkey's years. No. Um, Connor Lemonhay Evans. Connor Lemonhay Evans this time. Jenny Reid had been had taken a, off them. Had a good game. Yeah, no, absolutely. Had a terrific game. But... Um, uh, uh, and uh, luckily followed up and nodded in his yeah. own rebound um, for the opening goal. But um, I think as well, uh, we all criticise the um, sponsors for their choice of man of the match. Sometimes we wonder quite yeah. <laughs> whether they've been, whether they've got out of the restaurant <laughs> most of the afternoon. But um, uh, we all thought they got it spot on on Saturday. Nineteen-year-old Frankie Vincent he on his first really start well. for the club yeah. uh, on loan from AFC Bournemouth. Um, and uh, um, how well did he play? Uh, real, you can just. I, I, you watched him on Saturday and, you, and it's almost as if you could picture him in an AFC Bournemouth first team training game. Uh, uh, you know, yeah, he wouldn't have looked pass, out of place, pass, would he? Pass, yeah. pass, yeah. pass, shift yeah. the ball, shift the ball, shift the ball. Very good, accurate, quick passing. Yeah, Always um, available for return absolutely. balls as well. Yeah. Up and down the pitch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, 
right. He's got a long way to go, and he'd be the first to know that, I'm sure. But uh, it was a very promising performance. Yeah. And, um, and it was needed, of course, because United were without Asa Hall, uh, who had obviously uh, had to come out mm. of the, uh, the previous game at Woking. Uh, and, of course, Rory Keating, who, by the way, was undergoing his operation today, Thursday, yeah. uh, to have his broken cheekbone repaired. So good luck to him. Uh, by the way, the he wanted to train yesterday. Did he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when United reported back after three days off, they had a training session at Plainmore. Uh, and he walked in and asked Gary Johnson if he could train. No contact, he said, <laughs> as if as if he needed to say it. <laughs> and I think Gary put his arm around his shoulder and said, Rory, <laughs> just take the yeah. day out. You know, we, uh, we don't want you doing any more damage. But there you go, that sums him up, doesn't it? Very glad to see him right in the middle. Another great picture by our friend Sean from Pinnacle. Uh, very glad to see Rory right in the middle of the picture in the dressing room with a bottle of champagne in hand. Um, that's his rightful place in that team, isn't Absolutely, it? Absolutely, yes. And by the way, it was an indication of uh, how young United's players are that Gary Johnson was absolutely uh, horrified by the fact that very few of them knew he had to open a bottle of champagne and spray <laughs> yeah. it properly. How can we get the top off this? Yes, guys. But yeah, um, Torquay may not have played brilliantly, but it was good to see Kyle Cameron uh, got into the National League South Team of the Week. Well, and Ste Gary Mr. Johnson was its manager. Mr. Steady Eddie. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, uh, Kyle Cameron has been a, been a, a wonderfully um, solid performer all season and uh, who knows, may well be a contender for Player of the Year. Yeah, yeah. And fair play to the fans as well. The excitement at the final whistle, they all came pouring onto the pitch, but it was explained very clearly to them that uh, the players would not be coming out for the lap of honour until they went back and they duly turned tail and went back to the popular side. Um, As indeed good. they did at Woking yeah. the previous week. I know United have taken a bit of flack uh, for the fact that there was a couple of smoke bombs thrown on the pitch and uh, or thrown over the barriers. Yeah. Uh, and there was a bit of a mini pitch invasion uh, when United's equaliser went in at Woking. But even there, they got back beyond the, yeah. the fence pretty quickly. And you're quite right, they did, they did the did same well. uh, at Playmore last Saturday. And the... The players duly came on the pitch and, and, and went all the way around the ground in, you know, in pretty civilised and organised fashion. Yeah, and, was, and of course, that, it always helps that because you know, that's the way it should be. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, it doesn't mean that people aren't any more or less excited. Of course they're not. Um, you know, the, the, the place for fans uh, is, um, uh, is, is on the terraces. It is, and, yeah. And it yeah. uh, was ever thus. And of course, there'll be more of the same on Monday. We'll come to Monday's game in a minute, but the trophy will be there on Monday. So yep. presumably the players, there'll be a presentation, there'll be a lap of honour. I'm sure there will. The fans will be invited to remain behind the barriers. I'm again. sure until that happens, yes. Yeah. I'm 99.9% I, I'm certain the trophy will be presented after the match. You don't yeah. want to be doing it before because United have a game to win and a performance to put on. So before we come to the, um, the Easter weekend games, let's finish off the quiz ball. This is the... It's two all. The route one question is two all. The third, the fourth official has uh, third official, fourth official, any official has put the board up. We haven't got a fourth official we, in the National League South this season, but, but never we, mind. We've taken Mike Griffiths with us, and he's on the touchline, and he's just put Stan the board Weedon up. Stan Weedon is, is there, <laughs> and he's put the board up. We're in the last minute of added time. You have the chance to score the winner now. Sean McDonald has the ball in his hand. It's route one time, and he's about to hammer it up the field where you will have your chance to score. Now, this uh, one question, get this right, Torquay win the game. As before, it refers to a former player of the year at Playmore. 
The question is, I played in midfield and I was Chalky United's Player of the Year in 1996. I was back at Playmore last weekend as part of the Eastbourne coaching staff and one or two eagle-eyed fans may have spotted me there. I played 67 games for Torquay and then went on to play more than 200 for Brighton. My full name, this is not the name that I'm known by, but my full name is Anthony Philip David Terry Frank Donald Stanley Jerry Gordon Stephen James because I was named after the entire 1973 Queen's Park Rangers squad. But I'm known by a name that isn't any of those. So can you get that one? That's for the winning goal. I suggest you hit the pause button in a moment and we'll come back to you with the answer uh, forthwith. So if you hit the pause button now, and we're guessing you've just hit the start button again, and the answer to your Route 1 question to score the winner, Talking United's Player of the Year in 1996, was Charlie Oatway. And he was indeed part of the Eastbourne coaching staff down on the bench. It's one of the most remarkable Player of the Year awards I think I can remember. Charlie Oakway was signed halfway through that season when United finished bottom of the Football League and was saved by Stevenage's ground. Yeah. Uh, he was signed by Eddie May halfway through that season with United losing almost every week. Uh, what was he, 5-8, something yeah. like that? Yeah. Um, uh, could and probably would tackle his own grandmother... Uh, but what an and effect! Possibly did what, yeah. a, what an effect he had on the crowud. Uh, um, he 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 absolutely the crowd loved his attitude, yeah. his industry, his at bottomless determination, and he won the Player of the Year award in half a season. Yeah, uh, which was far more a comment on his contribution than it was on the rest of the, on the rest of the yeah. team. Yeah, half. Half a season to win a Player of the Year award and won it by a country mile. Good player. So there you go. Charlie Oakway, hope you got that one right. Hope you've won the game for us. And um, we've counteracted Ben Gehring's two magnificent goals. 3-2. For Woking. 3-2. Let's talk about the weekend games ahead. We have two games this weekend. Talking are away at Chippenham tomorrow. That's Good Friday. Yeah. Three o'clock kickoff there. And on Monday, Tokyo at home, Easter Monday, at three o'clock, home to Hungerford. Both, uh, look, the, the title and promotion is in the bag. But uh, again, talking to Aza Hall this week, when Cheltenham Town won the National League title uh, with Gary Johnson as manager, uh, Aaron Downs as captain and Aza Hall in midfield, um, they did it a few games yeah. at the end of the season. And I was asking uh, Aza Hall, you know, was it an issue trying to get yourselves up uh, because I haven't done my, my research meticulously enough to get yourself up for the last yeah. few games of the season he said well have a look Dave so I duly did and they won all their last four, five matches yeah. that, that season um, uh, and of course it's it's important it is important for the supporters there'll be a, there'll be a 1100 going to Chippenham yeah. tomorrow yeah. Uh, United are hoping that they can beat the all-time National League South attendance record on Monday, which uh, is held, so we understand, by Weymouth, who played St Albans. Now, whether they reduced their prices or not, but it's something in the region of 5,200, I think. Okay. So tickets have been going amazingly well for, at least as well for Monday's game as they were going for Eastbourne. Uh, and how can you not get out and put on a performance mm. for that level of support? So uh, although these are academic in terms of results and um, promotion, um, they are pretty important, I think, in the great scheme of things. And of course, the last thing you want to do is head off to next season 
having one promotion and trying to tackle the job yeah. of trying to get back into the football league when you've managed to lose to teams like Chippenham, who, by the way, have a chance to do the double over United, yeah. having uh, won at Playmore 2 0 back in September. That was an um, awful game, wasn't it? Oh, goodness. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and Hungerford. Yeah. Uh, who, Hungerford are. are well, Chippenham are safe, but Hungerford are, are they, scrapping absolutely for, everything. Absolutely, for them, and they picked up yeah. recently. Um, um, so, by the way, they have Cam Hargreaves, Chris Hargreaves' son, playing on for them Do on loan from Bristol yeah. Rovers, or yeah. certainly did last time I looked. Um, so, yeah, uh, very important. Big very games. very you, important. You can't see this current Torquay United team taking its foot off the gas at any point, can you? You really? can't. But, uh, and, uh, and or as, being allowed to do well, so. Uh, well, that's right. Uh, um, I think Gary Johnson was using, using the phrase, you know, um, <laughs> I will certainly have the, have the hump with them uh, uh, yes. if, they, if they drop off now. But he, um, and you use all the usual cliched phrases like, oh, yeah, well, you can relax and play football, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Well, no, let's get that the game never one. goes well. No, it doesn't. No, no, let's get the game one. Yeah, um, and I'm I'm sure. Look, these are a very well motivated bunch of lads. Um, they're very proud of what they've done. Um, yeah. and uh, I think you know, fingers fingers crossed. But apart from anything else, they should be two real occasions. Monday should mm. be Monday should be jumping, shouldn't it? Uh, yeah. Play more. It's a bank holiday. Um, uh, not all ticket, um, but uh, I think Bristow's bench will be sold out, or certainly the United sections yeah. of it. The family stand was very well filled last weekend, uh, and you can still buy tickets for the pop side and the uh, and the away end. So, uh, no, it should be a great occasion. Uh, yeah. The club in its senior history has never received a divisional trophy before, I think. Things like the Devon Bowl have <laughs> yeah. all we, we can uh, claim in that respect. Uh, oh, of course, there's been playoff trophies. Yeah, um, something which for the, been, uh, the trophy cabinet. Would well, be nice. yeah, and and okay, it's the National League South, and let's move on. And uh, we, we the job has been done that, that that the club set out to do. But it's not just the way the way the fact that it's been done. It's the style in which United have won. Yeah, that the big losers without getting too up ourselves at the moment are the National League South and I'm sure there'll be many clubs in the National League South who'll be saying well it's been good to see you cheerio and good luck to Torquay United because I think United have enhanced the division both home and away yeah um, and uh, you know let's go out in style and um, with all due respect to Chippenham uh, Hungerford and St Albans who might be very tough opponents on the last day yeah. of the season um, it would be great to go out with what is it? They've had one, uh, six wins and a draw in their last seven games. It would be great to go out with nine wins nine and a draw and one, out of the last yeah, ten. Yeah, it would. Did uh, you've probably just answered the question? But do you think Gary is likely to make any team changes? Will he give Olaf a start, or do you think he, he, you know he'll keep it very much as it was and maybe use him from the bench? He was he he was asked about that today. He 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 obviously said, yeah, look, we're looking to get more game time into Olaf Kasela. Um, I, I would he do it at Chippenham tomorrow? I'm not sure. Mm. I, I'm not sure. I'm sure he will be looking to get him onto the pitch earlier than. He maybe has been yeah. able to recently, um, but I think he would far prefer to do it from winning positions. Um, when you know, rather than asking Casella yeah. to go on and perhaps put something right that isn't right, 
I think that's quite a big ask, especially in front of big home crowds. I mean, if United are losing to Hungerford, for instance, it's it's quite a big ask to send Olaf Casada on with half an hour to go, to say, go, go and get us go out. Go turn of this around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, quite. So, um, uh, uh, yeah, I'm sure we will see Olaf Casada at some stage over this yeah. weekend, and it may well be for longer than before, but uh, let's see. And we can't leave the uh, the podcast this week without a slightly sad note. Uh, it was very sad to see the Lindsay Parsons died this week. Yes, um, played for United for two and a half years yeah. towards the end of the nineteen seventies, sixty odd something, nearly seventy games. Uh, Bristol born and bred. Uh, we signed him from Bristol Rovers. I was going to say he was Rovers, wasn't yeah, he? Uh, yeah, an old school left back. Yeah, um, I know nowadays if you can't. Uh, play like Liam Davis and all these overlapping fullbacks in the Premier League. Uh, apparently, there's something wrong with you. Uh, Lindsay Parsons didn't go in for that sort of stuff. Didn't get much beyond the halfway line. No, but my saying. goodness, yeah. you try and get past him. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he was a, a great lad, quite a quiet man, very mm. tough physically. Yeah. Um, but on top of an excellent playing career, uh, he went on to a very good coaching and scouting career as Tony Pulis's right hand man. And wherever yeah. Tony Pulis went, he tended to take uh, um, Lindsay Parsons with him and he ended up at Stoke City yeah. for many years where he uh, signed and sealed and scouted and coached uh, during Tony Pulis's good years at, yeah. at, at Stoke City. Interestingly, um, uh, for a man who acted as somebody else's right-hand man for most of his coaching career, uh, he uh, uh, made it very clear on several occasions that he didn't actually like Tony Pulis's <laughs> style of football. <laughs> but uh, it didn't stop Tony Pulis no. for, from viewing him as a, uh, almost essential to his backup team. Yeah. So it just shows you don't have to be uh, throwing your arms around somebody all the time to work well with them, do you? You don't. Thank you very much for your time. We've been with you quite long enough. I hope you've enjoyed the quiz ball. We promised to do it in high days and holidays. Perhaps it'll be back again later in the year sometime. Uh, it's been good to do a podcast of champions. We've waited a long time for it and, um, you know, celebrations all over the bay this week. Yeah. Absolutely fabulous. We'll carry that on. Monday. Good luck. Good luck at Chippenham tomorrow. If you've got a ticket, if you're heading up to that one, enjoy it. Safe journey. Uh, we'll be at Plainmore for the visit of Hungerford. Three o'clock kickoff on Monday. Do come and say hello. It's always good to see you. And uh, as ever, come, come on, on, you yellows. yellows. You've been listening to the Herald Express, Devon Live, Talker United, Yellow Army podcast, recorded weekly by David Thomas and Guy Henderson. You can find this podcast by clicking devonlive.com or by following us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash DL or on Twitter at TQHE Sport. You can also subscribe on iTunes, search for Talker United on the iTunes app. Please leave us a review wherever you can. We welcome all feedback. Thank you very much for listening. Join us again next week.